All right, everybody, we got a hot show for you tonight, including a brand new segment debuting tonight at the end of the podcast called The Putter Throw, where we just go off on something. So we can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. It's, it's a good one. It's a great field for the Shriners Hospital Open 2019 in Vegas, baby. We're going to talk about what it takes to play well at this golf course, key stats, strategies, for DFS, DraftKings, FanDuel purposes, as well as betting, uh, outrights, first-round leaders, all that kind of good stuff. It's it's great. And if you are going to bet on those guys and you're going to be like us and make a buttload of money doing it, do it at mybookie.ag. That is mybookie.ag. That's where we've been betting for over two years now. We've got over 650 of you listeners betting with us on MyBookie. They take great care of the Tour Junkies listeners. But make sure when you sign up, you use promo code Tour Junkies. That lets you know where they, where you came from, and they take extra special care of you, and you get a deposit bonus. So bet on football, basketball, golf, anything you want is there on MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code Tour Junkies. Uh, it's just a, this is a great show. You're gonna love it. We think you're gonna love it. We're gonna talk about guys to avoid in Vegas because it could get a little scary with all the strippers and cocaine that are in Las Vegas. It's a good time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Leave us an iTunes review, all right? Just do that for us. All right, here you go. Enjoy. What's going on, golf addicts? Here we are. It's the Tour Junkies. It's the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open 2019 for the PGA Tour. It's a pretty stacked field, and we are pumped. It's also going to be a great podcast tonight. Me and Pat are feeling good. Um, we're feeling we're feeling ready. We're feeling fresh. I went to the gym today. I feel feel good about myself. The gym, um, nice. Yeah, I've been going. Yeah, I've been going a little bit. I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to get it, get it together. Um, it's it's going to be a great show. We've got a new segment tonight that we're going to debut for the first time ever called the Putter Throw. All right, the Putter Throw. That's coming. After the picks and all the fun stuff, we're going to get right to the picks. We're going to recap um, the Safeway Open that just happened in Cam Champ. We're going to talk about that. A couple little storylines coming out of that. And Other than that, we're just going to have a good time. You ready, Pat? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I cannot wait. I, I think this is uh, – there's a lot of S's in the fall. A lot of S's. We've got Sanderson yeah. Farms, Safeway, Shriners. I, I get, I'm starting to get confused a little bit. It's not hard to confuse you, that's for sure. Um, a lot of S's, um, so, and there you go. That's all I got to start us off there. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> well, we're going to get into the S's, but before, you know, I got I got to tell you guys, the you do not want to miss the end of the show. The putter throw uh, segment is, is definitely going to be lit, so you don't want to miss that. But, Pat, the people are waiting. We've already got people jumping in on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube live, thank you. Be sure and bring the funny, pithy comments. We'll be sure to, I'll be sure to put the ones that I think are funny on Wish the screen while them. Pat can't see any of them. Uh, our boy Josh Kissler was one of the first in, so I know Josh is ready to, to let you go, uh, let you have it there, Pat. That's going to be a good time. Um, so let, let's get to it, man. Let, let's, let's hear about the golf course, TPC Summerlin, and what you think it's going to take to play well here, bud. Yeah, so we're at the uh, Shriners Open. Las Vegas, Nevada, TPC Summerlin has hosted this event since 1992. It is a par 71. We've got seven. It's a seven. Do you still have pants that you wore in 92? Uh, where was I? I was like a sophomore in high school. Nah, probably not. Mm. There's no way those would fit me. I may have like a, a belt 
a braided belt. A braided, a braided belt <laughs> that you would like let hang down to your mid thigh. Yeah, you did the whole like cross thing and then let it hang down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got, I got to be honest, I did that. I mean, yeah. if Zach Morris did it, I did it. So yeah, I mean, if Zach was doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, par seventy one, seven thousand two hundred fifty five yards. Bent grass greens this week, and it is going to be a scoring fest. You typically see that here on this course. It has always played as one of the easiest on tour. Now, I will say 2018 it played relatively hard, but you had a little wind out there, and and I think that's the key key with this course. It's pretty wide open. I mean, there's not a lot of trees on, on this course, so if you do get some wind, I think that's something to look out for come Wednesday. Um, it can play a little bit more difficult, and you may change your strategy a little bit. Um, but as far as typically, you're going to get a ton of birdies out here. You got eight par fours that play between 400 and 450 yards. And over the last two years, everyone pretty much in the top 10 has finished it tops in that category. So straight strokes gained uh, on par fours uh, is something to definitely look at this week. You got three par fives here. Two are very gettable at 563 and 560. This course has typically yielded the most birdies and the most eagles, um, you know, at least in the top 10, all, you know, of courses uh, on tour. So I think that's something that you want to look at. Again, these guys are going to score. Uh, looking at stats for me, certainly forming course history. I look at strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. Both stat <coughs> categories that finished well, like where, where guys in the top 10 in the last few years, they finished high in off the tee and strokes gained approach. Uh, so I think that's something you'll look at. Um, may look at bent grass putting a little bit, but I don't know. I think this is just, a, you know, this is a course where you got to get guys in good form that are scoring. Um, it's, it's an easy one. And I feel like, you know, there's some good players in this event. Um, so we'll see what happens, but uh, that's about all I got. You know, it's just there's this course doesn't really excite me all that much. So I gotta admit, I really didn't hmm. dive all that much into it because I just feel like it's just gonna be a you know you're just looking for scores, guys that are in re- good recent form, guys that are in in good you know dropping birdies and what you doing there, David? I'm, I'm doing my sleeves like you. Doing my sleeves. Pat's always. That is constantly. If you were yoked, this is what you would do. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think despite your feeble efforts, um, you know, you pretty much hit the highlights. Wind is the thing here. So, like, like you said, when when Cantlay won it in 2018, it was a pretty freaking windy tournament, and the scores proved it. Only twice in the last eight years has the winning score uh, been less than 20 under, uh, which is pretty nuts. So. You're gonna and and for right now it looks like the wind is pretty mild. I mean it's obviously it's only Monday night. You're definitely gonna want to check that on Wednesday. We will have some commentary about it in the chalk bomb email that'll go out Wednesday night. But right now it looks pretty mild. So it would be it would all indications would be absolute scoring fest like you mentioned. The par fives on this golf course, three of the easiest holes year after year after year on this course. You have got to take advantage of the par fives for that reason. I'm definitely looking at uh, at, at par five scores. Um, <clears throat> looking at, at strokes and approach, you know, greens and regulation, uh, opportunities gained, a stat courtesy of our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club. Pat, you know what I was thinking about before this? Do you remember when we used to do this without Fantasy National? I do, and it's, um, I don't, I don't even know, I don't want to think about those days. Um, I mean, the, in 2015 when we started, 2016, 
<coughs> before our buddy Moose put together Fantasy National, we had to do all kinds of stuff, man. It was like the Stone Ages. It was like using an abacus to, it really to was. do a math like, problem. Now, I mean, who knows? Maybe our picks were better. I, don't, I doubt it, but, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's, the competition was worse. Like, everybody playing, we were all just as dumb as we could be, and so it was just Well, like, we only had a few tools that we could use, and, and they weren't yeah. near as good as what we got, um, obviously, with Fantasy National. It, look, it made my life way more easier than it made your life. Because I think you had you had some 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 yeah. better ways of using technology uh, and making it more efficient to you, whereas it was like, I mean, I'm like writing crap down on, on all kinds of pieces. <laughs> yeah, whereas, ignorance is bliss for you. And yeah, part. so like it, it was probably like it was a life changer for me. But it's and it, and it and it's not just me. I mean, we do a show, but I mean, for you, for for you, the the listener who does this, you know, on a weekly basis. I mean, this it makes your life so much easier when it comes to just choosing players, looking at stats, filtering out whatever you want to do because you can customize yeah. it however you like it. I mean, yeah. if you're a big form guy, then you can you can put that in there. If you're a big history guy, whatever. I mean, it's just great. So yeah, yeah. Fantasy My favorite is the mixed condition model. Love the mixed condition model. I've got it uh, working pretty hard for me this week, actually. I took some stats into consideration, uh, but fantasynational.com slash TJ is where you need to go. Fantasynational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off any membership, weekly, monthly, or annually. That would be uh, that'd be great if you could do that. That would make us that would make us very happy. Um, so I'm looking at par five scoring. I'm looking at approach your greens and regulation. I'm uh, looking at opportunities gained. I did look at the last 100 rounds strokes game putting on bent grass surfaces, and uh, I'm going to go on record. I think it's a bomber's track. I, it, I just think this is going to be a bomber, a score track. Now, I, I Ryan Moore. To, you look at past champs, though. And I, I, I know. Past champs that. are interesting. Who are they? You, yep. got, you got Bryson last year. You got Patrick Cantlay. You mentioned <laughs> Rod Pampling in 2016. Smiley, our boy Smiley Kaufman. This is where he got his lone tour victory before he had a great year, by the way, in 2016, or at yeah. least you know, he contended in the Masters. And then Ben Martin in 2014, also in the field. Webb Simpson, you got Ryan Moore and Kevin Na, three guys who have all won here before. So not a whole lot of bombers in that in that you know in those past chance. But well, I do agree that it's it was a different. Maybe Bryson and Cantlay, you might could put in that category. Yeah, Bryson, Cantlay, Smiley was a bomber. Smiley was a bomber. That's Smiley true. was an absolute bomber. Um, other than that, that's that's pretty much it. Now, I tell you what's crazy to think about in 2016, Rod Pampling beat uh, Brooks Kepka in second place. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a day where where Rod Pampling beats Brooks Kepka? Um, yeah, I I am in on this at least for 2019 and the foreseeable future. The way. The PJ Tours continue to set up golf courses. Um, I just think this is one where having a lot of that length can give you a real advantage, especially on these par fives. Uh, now, you know, we haven't mentioned this, but I mean, I think Vegas plays at a little bit of elevation, right? It's it's not ridiculous like Mexico when when we play the WGC event down there, but there's there's some elevation that factors in. But I just I like the long hitters here, um, and my picks are probably going to reflect that. And I don't have a whole lot of short knockers. I'm so, with you, I'm with you. I, I agree. Now, we're, we are getting some YouTube questions here. Josh wants to know what's in the tumbler for you tonight. Um, what you got? Is that wine out of a tumbler? What is, no, what is it's that? A, it's Tito's with um, <clears throat> okay. a splash of uh, ginger lime uh, and 
and some grape juice. Okay. I got the usual, the DB. Tito's, LaCroix, splash of uh, peach schnapps and a lime. Ready to get to some action? Yeah, let's go. Do some picks. <clears throat> All right, let's get to the picks. We're going to start off, uh, we're going to get in the DraftKings. You know, we're going to talk about the 9K and above tier on DK. Um, I, I got to be honest, I am going to go pretty balanced here. As, as I'm, I love the field. It's definitely a good field that we're, that we're getting here. Um, but when I look at my lineups, I really, really, really like the 9K range, and I really like the 7K range on DraftKings. I could not find a whole lot um, in the 6K that I felt great about. The 7K I, range is fantastic. The 7K range is stacked. I mean, you, yeah. if you're playing in big GPPs, we'll get to it, but if you're playing in huge GPPs, you could play guys all out of the 7K all, range. the entire 7K I mean, range. We'll get to it later, but the winning lineup last week left uh, $3,400 on the table in terms of salary cap space on DraftKings. So it's something to think about. Uh, I'm going to start with, with a guy, though, who I think um, I think in, when I go above 10, 10K, I'm going to have him. I'm going to play Patrick Cantlay. Um, I, I, I'm, he's number one in par five scoring over the last 24 rounds. Uh, he's you know not a not a not a bad putter on bent grass surfaces, uh, but absolute ball striking fool. Now I know he finished T40 last week, but <coughs> first event back in a couple of uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks, shaking the dust off, shaking the rust off. Runner up here in 2019, one here in 2018, as we already mentioned. I just I think Cantlay at 11-1 is a great play. I think people will rush to DeChambeau as defending champ and, and having played well last week. Obviously, Kepka's going to be up there. Um, so I think of the 10K and above range, I like Cantlay the most. Then I'm going uh, – i, I, I got to get a little Tony Finau in there. Um, Finau has played here every single year. He obviously likes this course. It's near his home. Uh, you know, it's, it's near where he, you know, has come up playing and lives now in Utah. Um and uh, so the history here is solid. I mean, very solid. Uh, and in fact, in all his five, in the last five years playing this golf course, uh, this golf tournament, he is fourth in this field in ball striking um, on this course. So obviously, it suits his eye. So I love that about Finau. And he just, you know, just came back over from the old uh, from the old European tour. He was playing on the European tour a little bit and played well. Um, made made both cuts. Finished 51st at the PGA. Not not terrible. But last week at the Alfred Dunhill finished 10th, and that was a scoring fest. I mean, the, the Alfred Dunhill, you know, the guy wanted it like 21 under, 20 under. So it's a scoring fest. I love that that opportunity for Finau here. I got a feeling. I just have a feeling that this is going to be the event Tony Finau wins. Like, I know he's already won on the PJ Tour. He won like the Puerto Rico Open or something a couple years ago. But I think this is an event he, he's going to – I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win this week. I have a feeling. I think this is going to be Finau's week to actually win a golf tournament in a good field that's not an alternate event. I think that's happening. So he is, for that reason, also my cash play. I just think he's a lock at that price at 9800 um, And then i got to go Joaquin Neiman. I got, I gotta, I'm got. i going to keep riding the hot form. In every single stat category I looked at, Joaquin Neiman checks the box. Uh, we saw him win at the Greenbrier a couple weeks ago for his first victory. You know, tough for a rookie to come back the very next week. He finished 54th at the Sanderson. Not great. Um, but for the first time this past year, or, or last year was the first time he played this event, finished 10th. Love the ball striking. Uh, love the salary savings I can get with Finau and Neiman in that 9K range. 
Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and then I'm going to fade. I think uh, you got You can't play Camp Champ. I mean, I said it's a bomber's course. He's obviously, he loves the fall. You said it earlier, uh, talking to me this weekend, Camp Champ loves the fall like Brooks Kepka loves majors. But it was such an emotional week for him. And we'll talk about it later, and it's awesome to see. But I just don't think you play him jumping up to $9,300 uh, with the inconsistency, the emotional week he had. I'm not sure it's all going to be there for him right now. Um, so I, th- I think he's the fave. Are you, were you, are you okay, Pat? You were, you were looking for something? Did you lose a contact? What happened? No, I didn't bring my pen up here. That, that threw me off. I, I need. I like to write stuff down when you say something. So, no, okay. I, I'm, okay. I don't have. I don't have my pen. So whatever. A um, little bit of agreement here. So I'll start with Fee now. I am totally in agreement with you. He was one of my guys that I wrote down as one of my three GPP plays for all the reasons that you said. And actually, I said this could be his week. I think this is the week to bet on him. If you're gonna. You know, we're in Vegas. you got to bet on a guy to win his first, you know, or a real event <laughs> other than whatever. So I think that he's – I think this is it <coughs> for him. So I really like Finau. I think it's a good spot for him. Um, so, yeah, he is one of my favorite plays here. Um, going above that, though, I actually – and I know you tend to go off the highest-priced guy, but I like playing Kepka this week at 11-7. He's obviously going to fit all the stat categories. I mean, he's he bombs it off the tee. He can score – everything i mean you know the only thing that that may get him in trouble is whatever club jenna wants him to go to in vegas if they stay out till four in the morning and then there's going to be some problems um but we got to talk about that factor here in vegas we've got some you know some folks chatting on youtube there's a a factor factor. yeah that's that's something i don't think i mean i i don't know man i mean i I'm a little. I am concerned about Brooks in in Vegas with Jenna. If she's if she's on the arm heading to, to the Shriners, to, yeah, she's gonna want to go get you know, put a resume in a few places. I feel like you know he's I mean. he's someone that doesn't really get distracted by that all that much though. Uh, I think no. Brooks likes to have a good time. No, I agree with that, but I just don't know. I mean, I think anyway. He's look. He he. You mentioned he's fared well here before. Finishing second to Pampling, which just makes me laugh. And then in 2015, he had a T4 here. Uh, he did miss a kit cut in 2016. Maybe um, he wasn't with Jenna then, I don't think. So don't he, he wouldn't make any money at that point either. Yeah. So well, he finished T4 the year before that, but uh, he didn't. He wouldn't make any money anyway. So, I, but I do like playing Kepka. I, I think maybe you get a little bit of a ownership. We'll see what the what the the projections look like, but you know, that's a high price, so maybe folks will be off of him, but I still think he can play him for sure. I like Finau as well. And then I like Gary Woodland at 9600. Um he's got a good history here. He's obviously a bomber, bomber. The guy can freaking score. If you look at all the scoring st- the stat categories for scoring, he is literally just checks about he's fifth in opportunities gained, second in birdie or better percentage. He's six in eagles gained, which this course is one of the top courses on on tour as far as giving up eagles. Um, so, look, he is a definite scorer. I think people are going to be off of him a little bit. We haven't seen him uh, since, what, he finished top 15 at the tour championship. So I think Gary Woodland is a good kind of, you know, just sort of, I don't want to say sneaky GPP play, but I'm wondering where he's going to be at as far as ownership with around Hideki, Colin Morikawa, who has been playing really well. Um, and then Neiman as well, who is a guy who's also been in solid form. That brings me to my cash play, which is Neiman. I do like him at 9,400. I think he's just a, a lock there. 
a, just a solid, consistent play that you can lock into a cash lineup. So I do like that for Neiman. My <coughs> fade is actually going to be Webb Simpson. I think that you can fade him this week. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's sitting there at 10-2. He does have a great course history here. Uh, we haven't seen him since, since the Tour Championship. But if you, you know, you look at the stats, I mean, he's 100th in strokes gained off the tee. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's 50th in ball striking, which is kind of weird to me over the last 24 rounds because usually he's great as far as ball striking. 66th in proximity. I, I don't know. I just don't – I think Webb is going to garner a lot of attention and a lot of ownership, and I want to be – I'm just – I think you fade that, and so I will fade some Webb Simpson here at 10-2. By the way, um, I think Champ was a Champ was my first fade, but I immediately thought it was probably a little bit too obvious, so I just I'm not I I, I agree with the Champ fade. Yeah. But. You know, I don't know about Woodland. I have a bad feeling about like I love the course I love I love the fit from a skill set perspective on Gary Woodland. And obviously he's got a good record here. But when you go back and look at it, the last two years when he's played really well here um, he's come in having played the week before or at least two weeks before. I, I don't have any data on this, but I feel like Gary is not a very first event back kind of guy. Like we know that about our boy Joel Damon. Um, there, there's a few players who like, if they've had a few weeks off, you just know to avoid them until they get one week under their belt. Even if they miss the cut, they're fine the, the second week. And I, I have this feeling that Gary's that kind of guy. So didn't I'm a Gary come out of the? Didn't didn't he come out of the um, gates pretty good though on uh, the beginning of this year at the um, either the Sony or the Tournament of Champions? I felt like he did, but I could be wrong. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I didn't I didn't look at that. I, what I went back and looked at is the week of the Shriners, the last two years where he's played. He finished tenth and eighteenth. Both of those years, he he played he played the uh, the tournament before, or at least the tournament like two weeks ahead of time. But we haven't seen him since the Tour Championship at Eastlake. And, and I just, I don't know. It's, that's just a gut call. Of course, I love Gary. I mean, everybody knows how much I love Gary. Uh, I feel like Donald Trump when I say that. Everybody knows I love Gary Woodland. But um, I just, I got a feeling about that one. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. Okay, let's get to the 8K range. I, I, man, I, this is a strong, a strong situation here as well. Um in the 8K, I'm going to go, i tell you a guy, if I'm going to make a, uh, all right, I'll tell you who's automatic for me, and that's Scotty Scheffler. I, I love the guy here. I don't know how you avoid Scotty Scheffler. You know, I thought about, well, he's a corn fairy guy. Do we worry about him with strippers and, you know, and, and cocaine <laughs> and stuff? But um, oh. I don't. What, you okay? I almost, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Okay. Actually, I almost <laughs> laughed at one of your jokes. You? You get, hey. you get mad at me for not <laughs> laughing at your jokes. I almost laughed. I'm going to drink to that. Okay. But, you know, when you look at Scotty, he looks like he's, he's lived life a little bit. So I, I don't know that this is good. You know, he doesn't have, like, the baby face, like, deer in the headlights look, like, you know, Sebastian Kaplan or something has. Like, I don't know, he just, he, or, or uh, Victor Hovland. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Victor Hovland's agent somewhere is, is beaming with pride because somehow he's been able to talk Victor Hovland out of being at this golf tournament because I feel like if Victor were were here, he would be motorboating everybody in the seat. Like, I just, I don't even, I, he just looks like a kid. I love the kid, but he looks like a kid who goes to Vegas and just loses his ever-loving mind. 
Okay, by the way, but let me just say this. We're not trying to say that you checked, like, the Bible studies in the area to see which show, players are showing up at the Bible studies. And those That'd be Webb. You should not fade him. Those, you should be fading him. Those are the players that you should take. I mean, you yeah. know, don't go that far with your research, okay? But, uh, you know, you do want to be aware of certain situations. Yeah, I, I just feel like Scotty's lived a little life. That's all I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think he's going to go there, take, get, you know, get business done. We've seen him come out absolute just balls to the wall uh, with, on his rookie year so far. He's checking every single box. Um, I just, you know, a T7 and a T16 to start off his, his rookie season. I feel like Scheffler is ready to win, and I will gladly pay the 8800 for it, and I will pay for it in cash as well. And I don't care what his ownership is in tournaments. I'm playing him. Um, really loving Scheffler. Now, here is where I start to – there are like – there are one, two – there are four guys – uh, left that I I really actually like and I'm having a hard time. Um, I feel like Fratelli, who we were both on last week, and I I love it, uh, playing great and I love his game here. Uh, he checks boxes here. Um, he's never played here before, but it doesn't matter. But a sixth place and a seventh place his last two events. But I feel like Fratelli may be a little maybe a chalk fate. Like maybe this is the week at 8900 now. He was 18% owned last week. You're not fooling anybody with Dylan Fratelli right now. Maybe this is the week to hop off and pivot somewhere else. Uh, that's what I'm trying to work through. I, I'll give you my guys, and then maybe you and I can work through this one together. I'll see what you have. I am very tempted to play Jason Kokrak here. Obviously, the skill set fits. He checks all the boxes that I need him to check. He plays here every single year, although he doesn't have any great finishes to speak of. The fact that he shows up here every year either means, A, he has a gambling addiction or a, a, a hooker and cocaine addiction, uh, or, B, he really, really enjoys the golf course. Uh, the We saw him miss the cut at the Greenbrier, but I just – Kokrak played so, so, so good the entire season. I feel like he's a guy that could get back on, on the saddle uh, and, and play well this week. The last two guys are JT Poston and Matt Wolf. Um, Poston's been solid lately. And, and Wolf, to me, just fits every possible box. But my hesitancy for Wolf is similar to the Victor Hovland factor. Now, I know from his Insta stories that Matthew Wolf is, you know, he's locked up. He's got him a little hottie that, that follows him around all over the tour. So hopefully she's with him. But, um, I mean, he's a handsome devil. He's full of money. PJ Tour, first year in Vegas. Like, I don't know. That It, it, it makes me a little nervous. But So I can't decide... In a in tournament play, Fratelli, Kokrak, uh, Wolf, and Poston to pick two of those four for tournaments. I can't decide. Are you on any of those guys? Any of those your fade? Actually, Wolf was a little bit of a fade for me. Now he was he was he was written underneath my real fade, but he was he was closer to a fade for me than he was a play. Actually, who's I, your I, real fade? Ches Reby. Whew. All right, so, so mine's Cam Smith, because I, I think out of this group, like he's he's just to me he's the worst one. But Chaz Reavy, really? Chaz has he has all the the stats are going to fit for him. Um, he's played here three times in the last five years: T sixty seven, miscut, and a T twenty four. Nothing great to write home about. I mean, I think everybody was on him last week, and he finished T thirty three. I just I feel like the ownership's going to be high, eighty seven hundred. You know, it, it, it's just. It's more of a just 
again, I'll I go think, with it. He's not a bomber. I mean, it's, I just don't. Last I don't week's really, course was way better for him. Yeah, I thought last week's course, yeah, was a, definitely a better fit for him. So I think Reavy is a fade. Kokrak was one of my GPP plays, so I'm in total agreement with you. I don't, I don't have to, we don't have to talk about him. I think he's he's a great play. He played great all year. Um, I think he continues that again on this course, another a, a course that he does fit well for. So I'm totally with you there. And then on Scotty Scheffler was my other tournament play. Add him. Um, so there's a little bit of indifference, I would say, on Wolf. I mean, look, he's, I guess, we haven't seen him since, I mean, he, he kind of took, what did he take, a few weeks off here? I mean, we haven't seen him actually since the Northern Trust, where he was T71. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at the stats, I don't know, nothing really jumps out. I mean, strokes game par four he is in the top 30, which is a stat I do like this week. Um, he's freaking all right. Seventy second in the field and straight <coughs> off the tee. I, I just I don't know. I don't I don't know. If, and everybody loves to play these young guys, and they love him. Wolf is is a DFS yeah. darling, but I think so, I'll, so, I think I'll go Kokrak and Poston. Scheffler, Kokrak, and Poston in tournaments. Scheffler and Cash. Cam Smith is the fade. Uh, I still don't hate for Telly or Wolf, but. I do think I do think out of those those are going to be popular players. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to check ownership levels. But um, yeah, I like Charles Howell and Cash. I mean, the guy's played here three times in the last five years. He's got three two top twenty finishes. We've seen him play well recently with the top four last week uh, at the Safeway. Um, I just and, and he's the freaking PGA Tour ATM. I mean, he just cashes every week. So, at eighty five hundred, I think it's still a good price for him. I, I will play him in cash lineups. Um. Okay. Any? Any? You got any bets cooking right now? Have we hit? Oh, have man. we hit any numbers that you're looking at right now? Or um. Not? I you could I could swing back to that. <laughs> well, I, I just feel like this is probably where I'm going to start. This is probably where I'm going to start looking at, at at betting some guys. Um, I mean, <coughs> Scheffler's at forty-five to one. Kokrak's at fifty to one. Um, Poston's at sixty-six. Matt Wolf's at sixty. I, I just feel like this is kind of where it's all going to start for me. Um, is in is in this category on my bookie. Uh, obviously, mybookie.ag. Where we go to bet? Let's do it. Uh, all right, man. Somehow in the seven K range, we're gonna make ourselves land on three tournament plays and a cash play. Um, it's gonna oh, be very, very difficult. All right, since there's so many, I'll, I will give you a, I'll give you my cash play. And I, and honestly, when I looked at it and I and I dug into it, this is this is a guy who I truly, as I was looking into it, I was like, yep, this is my cash play. Of all the guys I like in this range, this is a guy. That, that, that I feel good about, and it's uh, it's a little scary, honestly, for a cash play. He's only played here once in the last five years, and he missed the cut. Uh, he played last week, and he missed the cut. Uh, but he is just checking every box, and I like the price at $7,600. i am going to Miliano Grilla in cash. Mm, wow. Is that crazy? I feel a little crazy for I don't that. think that's crazy, but I just don't feel like you're ever on him in I, on the show. Like You just always want to avoid that guy. He loves bent grass greens. He puts way better on bent greens. Better on light years better on bent grass than any other surface. Uh, probably because he's a poor putter, and at least on bent grass, you, you, the line is usually nails. Um, 
He's in this field over the last 24 rounds. He's first in greens and regulation. He's first in opportunities gained, which is your proprietary fantasy national stat. Uh, that kind of speaks to how many times a player hits it within 15 feet on approach shots. And he's second in strokes gained approach. And he's ninth in strokes gained off the tee. Like, just tee to green is unbelievable. And he's just got to put it all together. And at 7,600, I feel like I, I, I just, I love it. Um, I don't know. So Grillo, I, I like. Um, by the way, he's 75 to 1 on, on my bookie. All right. Other than that, man, this is. <clears throat> I like Bubba too. Oh my god! Do you like Bubba? Um, I just I, I love the par five scoring ability. I love the uh, he's I mean, third in this field in par five scoring. Yeah. Um, and I feel like not many people are gonna are gonna want to play him. So I like Bubba. I like uh, dude. There's so many people in here that I that I'm, I'm interested in. Aaron Wise, I'm interested in hopping back on. He's checking a ton of boxes for me as well. Um, you know, great record here. He's played here three times with a 15th, a 10th, and a 32nd. Uh, recently finished 39th at the Sanderson Farms. I think Wise is pretty good value at 7,500. Munoz continues to play really well at 7,400. I mean, and he's a bomber. He Munoz hits the ball a long way. If, if, if you don't know, you need to know. Munoz don't play. Uh, I, I, below him, a guy who's played here only twice in five years, but his worst finish is a T16. We haven't seen him in a few weeks, but that's Ryan Palmer, uh, another ball, another guy that hits it a long way and can score. Um, I like Lucas Beergarden coming off of uh, coming out of the European Tour, played really well last week at the uh, Alfred Dunhill, hits it a long way. Um, Johnny Vegas. I feel Daniel like we're Berger. like getting into the old day, the, the old. We style. are, you we just, are, like, but I literally like, can't make myself. You can't. You like? I have my three guys to, for GPPs, my cash, and my fades, and you're like over right. here, like going old style format, just naming right. a bunch of people. All right, if I had to land on it, I'm gonna go with Wise. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Wise. I'm gonna go with. Um, Oh, I'm gonna go with Munoz and I'm gonna go with Bubba, and then Grillo and Cash. Wow. Okay. Sorry, man. I, I, there's a lot of guys in here. We right, said at the beginning so, you could make a whole lineup and feel just fine. You could, and I think you could actually, if you're at, if you're listening uh, right now, make a lineup with all 7K guys just just to do it, just to do it. Put it in a tournament. Like spend three dollars. Put it in a tournament and do it. Um, but I'm going to start with mine. I, I, I still I like Brian Harmon. I just the guy has just been extremely solid this year. I mean, you look at um, oh, sorry, hang on. You look at his recent form: T15 at the Sanderson Farms. He was T3 at the uh, Greenbrier. Um, has has decent course history here. I mean, it's it's not great, but he was top 15 the last time he played here in 2017. But he's checking all the boxes. When I put in my mixed condition model. On uh, on Fantasy National, he he is number one. He's eighth in ball striking, thirteenth off the tee, nineteenth in strokes gained approach, third in par four scoring, and sixth uh, in proximity. So I like I like Brian Harmon as well at seventy eight hundred. I think he's a good play. Um, a guy you mentioned, uh, Johnny Vegas. He is another one that I like as a tournament play. Um, he's down there at seventy two hundred. Also checking boxes and ball striking off the tee. 
um, has been in good. He was kind of a sneaky play for me last week, and I put him in some lineups, and it, and it served me uh, pretty well. I mean, he finished T28, but he, he did <coughs> score, and he had some, you know, he, he was he wasn't all that bad. So, sorry, T28. Yeah, T28 last year. This last event. Dude, year. Johnny Vegas is 140 to 1 right now. On my, I will take him 140 to one in a second. Like that's that's pretty that's pretty freaking good. Yeah. So I like him, and then Harold Varner the third. I was kind of surprised you didn't yep. mention him. I thought you might. I had like him, him written down. You know, I another guy down. that's you know checking all the boxes um, is in great recent form. I mean, incredible. I mean, you look at his last four events: T17 last week at the Safeway, top 20 at the Greenbrier. Yes, 68th at the BMW, but a T3 at the Northern Trust. It's just a guy that's just been in fantastic form, so I like him. Um, Harmon is my cash play. My two fades are going to be the local boy, Scott Piercy, who everybody was on last week. Didn't really uh, do all that well. Uh, you know, he's a Vegas guy. He lives in Vegas. I think that sometimes presents a problem for some of these guys. It's like when we talk about the – we'll be at the RSM, RSM Classic in a few weeks with uh, these guys that are all in the Seattle Mafia sometimes with tickets and whatever else, a lot of distractions. So I think Scott Piercy is going to be high-owned, or higher-owned than, than he probably should be. So I don't really like him. Um, and then also Kevin Na. Ooh. Just don't like I, – I, he was kind of a sneaky play for me last week, and I, I don't know. The guy just – He burned you. Yeah, well, for one, he burned me, so maybe that's – that's what's happening here, but I, I think Kevin Nye is a fade. And you look at the stats, he is 112th in ball striking, 97th off the tee, 110th in strokes gained approach. So not really checking all that, that many boxes here. Um, as far And then you look at it, he did finish second here in 2016, but other than that, he had a withdrawal, of course. You, if you're not, if you don't see a withdrawal from Kevin Nye in a five-year history of a tournament, something's wrong. Like, it's going to happen. And then, other than that, though, a miscut last year, a miscut in 2017. Uh, you know, the recent form hasn't, I mean, you know, missing the cut last week. He did finish top 15 at the Greenbrier, but I don't care. Kevin Nah, fade for me. Well, Nah's a hometown Vegas guy. He's not going to withdraw from a hometown event. And actually, what's interesting is I have two fades, and one of them is also Kevin Nah. I think Kevin Nah, when you look at the history here, he's a guy who is maybe one of those tour players that doesn't do as good when it's a hometown event. You know, um, he just doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, he's, fa he's maybe his family, friends, responsibilities, all that stuff going on. That in combination with, you know, last week's performance, in combination with the fact that I don't think this golf course really fits Kevin Na, um, I think it's a good good spot to fade him. I got another guy that I'm going to fade that I like. I like the player. Um, you were on him last week. Good call. I think you're actually on him the last two weeks. Uh, in his last three events, he has finished 17th, 11th, and 13th. But I'm fading Mr. Lanto Griffin. Here's the reason why. He has done something that he's only done once in his career and never to this effect. He has gained strokes putting the last three events, uh, which he's only done once, and at astonishing numbers. Last week, gained four strokes. The week before that, almost eight. And the week before that, five putting. Lanto Griffin does not putt well. He never has putted well. And unless some point between, you know, uh, the Corn Ferry Finals and, 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 and this, this new year, he's gotten some sort of magical tip from Steve Stricker or something, 
it's gonna fall off at some point. The ball striking is no is no is not significantly better than we've seen it in years past or tournaments past with Lanto. He is a bomber, which I like. He he hits the ball a long way. If you like Lanto Griffin, play Lanto Griffin. He hits the ball a long way. He can score on par fives. But the ball striking numbers are not that much different from what they have been in years in, in tournaments past. But the guy's gaining an absurd amount of strokes putting. And by the way, all of those three events, none of them were bent grass surfaces. Historically, his worst surface putting is on bent grass. He's much better on POA, and he's about average on Bermuda. So I think Griffin at 7,200 is going to be a cheap guy. A lot of guys are going to want to flock to because he's been playing so well, and I think it's a good spot to fade him. So there you go. I don't know if I agree with that. Actually, I kind of—I was going to say I thought you were—I'm surprised you didn't even—you didn't mention him. Well, of all the guys, and I mean, there's a ton of guys in this seven K range. He was one that I actually—I I do like. I think he's—I think you just ride the hot hand there. I mean, he's I didn't been, convince you there with the with the putting. I don't care. I think you ride the hot hand. He's been. What if his ownership? What if his ownership projection in tournaments was at like, I don't know, ten percent for Lanza? Probably, I probably wouldn't play him then. In that range is a low seven. I don't know guy. that matters at ten percent, honestly. But, yeah. I don't know. A low seven K guy though, still I'd be I'd be looking for a little bit lower ownership in there. I just see a dip coming with that putter. I just I feel like it's coming. Um all right, let's get to the six K range. I'll let you start this one off since I've I've stumbled my way through the last last few. Um while you're doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and place my my bookie Jonathan Vegas bet. Okay. At one forty to one? Yes. All right, um, all right. The six K range is, is I don't know. There's not a whole lot of guys here that are really my favorites. Um, I, I will say I do like our boy Joel Damon at sixty seven hundred. Anytime we get him cheap, um, I, I think it's just it's it's a good play there. But he's not one of my favorites. But I'm just saying I do I do like him this week. Um, <coughs> at sixty six hundred, Roger Sloan is a guy I think that definitely he's checking mm. boxes, ball striking, also strokes gained approach and par four scoring. He's in the top twenty in the field. I mentioned nine of the top ten finishers I believe in the last two years at this tournament have finished in the top ten in strokes gained on par fours, and he is uh, in the top twenty as far as that set category is concerned. So I do like some Roger Sloan. Um, next, I will throw out, let's see, let me go down to who I liked there, a little higher up. Um, well, I think Robbie Shelton's obviously a, a he's an, he's, he's an obvious call, but I, I do like him. I mean, he's played yeah, well. I agree. I, mean, I think it's just, he's, he's kind of the obvious guy here, but, um, I do like him. A sneaky play might be Harry Higgs at 6,700. You look at his last three events. He finished top 20 at the Green at Greenbrier. He was kind of snuck in there and finished T23 at the Safeway Open. Um, so at 6,700, I think that's a, a pretty good price for him. You look at stats for him as well. He's 25th in ball striking, 22nd off the tee, 38th in the strokes gained approach, 12th in par four scoring, and 21st in proximity. So the guy is just, I mean, across the board, is a very solid stat guy. So I think Harry Higgs is, is a pretty good play there at 6,700. So those, uh, that would be my 6K guys right there. Um, I think I'm going to jump back on the Burgoon bus. I, I like him coming off that miscut, dropping uh, in price pretty significantly. Um, he was 18% owned last week at the Safeway. 
he ticked a lot of people off. And so I think Bragoon, <coughs> who, if you look over his career, gains a lot more strokes on easy golf courses, courses where you can score a lot, where you have to score a lot. Um, he bombs the ball off the tee. He's a great iron player. He kind of came back. He did a little bit of what I'm thinking Lanto is going to do this week. He kind of came back to earth, to, to earth with the putter last yeah. week. Um, and, and that's that's what made him miss the cut. And he missed it, I think, either close to the number, but somewhere near the number. I, I think that's an interesting GPP play. I, I'm not going to get in here in cash. There's too many good names in cash on the 7K range. Um, but I, I do think he's an interesting play in terms of tournament plays on DraftKings. And then um, I agree with your Robbie Shelton pick. Uh, I think what what about what about Charlie Hoffman at sixty seven hundred dollars? Like, does that just feel that just feels kind of kind of weird? Like, I, I, I it just Charlie feels Hoffman. Guy, I can't I can't get right. I mean, every week I just don't. I, I, so I'm not gonna play him. He, not a great record here. He's missed three or four cuts, but. The one cut he made was the last time he played it. He finished 18th. Um, you know, he did miss the cut at the Safeway, but he finished 23rd at the Sanderson. I, like I just feel like in terms of upside, you know what? He's probably he's 100% one of the more inconsistent, hard to predict guys of late. But in terms of upside, he's a proven PJ Tour winner. He's competed in majors. I, I mean, like in this field at $6,700, it just feels like a guy with a ton of upside to me. Um, in, in tournaments, so I, it just it just made me scratch my head a little bit. Um, I think Scott Stallings is interesting. He he's played well here before. Um, you know, likes this golf tournament. Uh, I don't know Stallings. You know, podcast podcast friend finished twenty eighth at the Sanderson last time we saw him. Gained strokes off the tee, and then Doc Redman. I, I like me a little Doc Redman. The guy bombs Doc. it. Looks like looks like Julian Edelman. You know, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't play some Doc Redman here, and I like Doc at 175 to one. Stallings is also 175 to one um, on on my bookie. Keith Mitchell is—I know he's in the 7K range, but we didn't mention him. I don't know that I want to play him in DFS, but 150 to one for Keith Mitchell is interesting. And then I want to ask you about a guy in the 6K range uh, at $6,600 who is 175 to one as well is Matt Jones, who the last time we saw him withdrew from the Sanderson, uh, citing a back injury, but that was also right after he shot a three over on day one, and he, he, he knew he was out of it. But before that was playing some some pretty good golf um, was, was Matt Jones at $6,600. He's played here three times, made two or three cuts with a 15-place finish as his best um, so far. But when I look at the numbers, man, like Matt Jones – uh, seventh in this field in par five scoring over the last over the last uh, 24 rounds, tenth in strokes gained approach, 18th in greens and regulation, 31st in strokes gained putting on bent over the last 100 rounds, 39th in strokes gained off the tee over the last 24. Like this guy's got all the game. I just if he's I don't know, man. If if he's not if he truly doesn't have the injury that he cited a couple weeks ago at the Sanderson, I think at 6600 he's a very sneaky play uh, in tournaments. Yeah, I don't know about Matt Jones. I just okay. I don't feel like when I'm when my when my big fat fingers are going through my DraftKings, <laughs> I'm hitting that button to select a player. They're yeah. gonna they're not gonna hit 
Matt Jones, even though they're big fat fingers and they could go errant and maybe click them by accident, I will probably go back and then X them out and then go back to probably Andrew Landry or Bo Hostler above him. Kind of like those as sneaky plays. As Yikes. Maybe I can check the Pro-Am records on Wednesday. I don't know if he'll – not every player plays in the Pro-Am, but if I can check the Pro-Am records and see if he played on Wednesday or maybe we can get some inside info from a caddy or player – Make sure he's cool. I, 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 I'm interested. I just feel in like that, he's Jones. a name. He's a name guy. That, but he's playing well. He's checking all the boxes. He's more than a name right now. Other than that, withdraw. Yeah. If he hadn't, if he hadn't withdrawn the Sanderson, he'd be, he'd be up there. You'd be looking at him. Um. Okay. Well, speaking of some betting, man, we, we've had, we've had a good, good start to this new season. We already, we know we had the Robbie Shelton 150 to one hit. You had the Sebastian Munoz 66 to one hit. Um, and then last week, man, you, you had some good calls. We sweated a little Adam Hadwin there on the last day. You had him, mentioned him at the 60-1 to 1 number or something like that, or 80-1. No, to 1. he was actually 71. I went back and checked. He was 71. Okay. So. And we had Chez Reevy who kind of faded on Sunday. Uh, so we've had some sweats, man. It's been good. We've been putting those plays uh, in the Chalk Bomb email. If you've not subscribed, you need to go do that. It's the best piece of free content delivered to your inbox every Wednesday night. With all the last-minute info, by the way, last week – we had some inside information from a caddy who had been on, uh, who was on on site at the Safeway. Told us a little bit about the golf course, about how it's playing, about how it's set up, what you needed to do well, and I put that in the chalk bomb email exclusively. So, can I talk about this real quick? Can I? Can I? Sure. I need to. I need to talk about. It. Are we in the the mode now, or we're out of the picks, and we can get into just the fun stuff and whatever else? Yeah. Any, anything else on the Shriners that we need to talk about? Not on the Shriners. No, I was going to – yeah, but go ahead. You, okay. you do. So, well, because you, you mentioned the chalk bomb. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, besides the fact that we have changed the format, everyone who's listening, there is no actual chalk bomb because Ben's not writing that portion. So, I'm, I'm, even though it's called it'll, the chalk It'll bomb, be back. It'll, it'll be, be back, back January. Promise, first week but, of January. It's back. Um. But let's go that to was, Pine. That's probably been the most confusing thing we've ever done to yes, people. Yes, like, everybody's people going emailing crazy. Us. They're going nuts. Yeah. They can't understand it. But Wait a minute, a chalk bomb with no chalk bomb? What are you guys doing? Yeah, well, it's just the email is called the chalk bomb, but it doesn't have... So, but that is, that's, that's beside the point. I need some more responses. This is just a, a, a request for me so that I, under, I th- don't think I'm crazy. So when I... So if you read Pontifications with Pat, some of this stuff that I throw out there is just things that have happened to me that I just wonder about, and I need I need to be I need I need some enlightenment. But last week I wrote about the damn ice thing that they give you in the hotel rooms. They give you this this cylinder ice, whatever you want to call it, and the ice bucket, and the bag that they give you never fits the ice bucket. And it pisses me off because I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, like, get the damn bag around there. And finally I just throw the bag away and just put the ice in the bucket. And it's probably dirty. I don't care. But does, am I the only one that this happens to? And so this is, like, this brings me to another question. Like, when I put this in pontifications with Pat, I want some responses. I want some email responses, Twitter, whatever else. Tell me either I'm nuts and I just I don't know, or maybe I don't travel enough and know how to put the bag around the the, the ice bucket. But I I yeah. was I really need to know because it pisses me off that this damn bag does not fit fit the damn ice bucket. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, 
guys, there's a lot of things that trigger Pat, and um, if we can help him, if we can help him, maybe learn a few life hacks to make yeah, his life make easier. make my life easier. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite things to do. Is like when I tell Pat something or teach Pat something that he didn't know, and it, and it's going to improve the quality of his life. It's one of my favorite things to do because I see the light bulb go off, and you could be that change in Pat's life if you yeah. have some kind of hack that helps him with the uh, the ice bucket in the hotel room. There's all kind of stuff like that, that you could help him with. Um, like, do you put the ice in the bag first and then set it in the bucket, and then maybe you can? So, <laughs> so we're getting comments already on, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Steve, Steve, Tim, Tim Agney. I can't pronounce his last name. But he's a longtime listener. He says because it's not supposed to be on the bucket like a damn trash can. LMAO. Well, what what the hell's the bag for then? Like it should it should fit around the bucket. It, that's what I think. He's right though. That's what I think of. It should be like a trash can. The bag should fit around it. I'm just gonna let the listeners respond. <laughs> um, it's gonna be great. Uh, anyway, um, that's all I had to say there. Sorry. Yeah, you gotta subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. You're missing out if you're not. You're missing out on some laughs, some inside information. You know, a potential 150 to one winning bet like we gave you three weeks ago. It's a free freaking email. You know, I mean, like, get, just get it. Tourjunkies.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Look on the bottom right. Put your email in there and subscribe. Also, for you knuckleheads that are unsubscribing, which is only like three of y'all a week out of thousands, but it just pisses me off when I see like a few of y'all just unsubscribe. Like, a, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 chalk bomb's crushing. So, by the way. Last week, I think you mentioned you mentioned on the on the uh, the DK show, you mentioned the Adam Hadwin pick. The, you you went you deep dived into the Adam Hadwin pick, and you mentioned him in terms of betting that number like seventy to one or whatever it is. Um, so, if you're not watching the, the the Tour Junkies After Dark on DraftKings YouTube channel, you're also doing that wrong. Also, just last week, Pat literally lost his mind on air. He actually lost his mind, like legitimately lost it on me. Uh, to the po- it was uncomfortable that he lost it. If you're not watching right now, DraftKings has us do a show every week called Tour Junkies After Dark. And after we record our own show, like after this is over, after we've had more vodka, and um, it's 11 o'clock at night, we sit down for 20 minutes and talk about the picks that each other had in the in our show that we disagreed with, and then we give some betting advice. Well, last week, Pat got really pissed at the way I laugh, and he got pissed that I'm so smart, he thinks. And he had an epic just meltdown on on the DraftKings show. So if you're not watching those, they get really loose, and DraftKings, great, you know, gratefully, doesn't edit a whole lot. I can't they, they believe le- they, they don't. Leave they, should, they, they, they leave it all in there. They should have edited that out. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, and it was uncomfortable. Like, I was uncomfortable. You can see it in my face. I look like a child who was being reprimanded severely by my drunk father. You're my drunk father, like coming in after a bowling league game or something like this. Bowling league it. game, <laughs> the, the the weekly poker night. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Anyway, got to watch that. Um, we do that every single week for the PJ Tour. Go to DraftKings YouTube channel. Comment. Give it a thumbs up. Tell them how much you like it. That helps us out. So, yeah, last week we had Cam Champ winning the Safeway, man. Uh, really cool story. You know, he had his grandfather, uh, who was on hospice not too far away, watching him win. 
grandfather's probably going to not be with us for very much longer. Grandfather's a really cool story. If you want to look it up, there's plenty of places you can find it. Uh, but but African-American man who battled a lot of racism and uh, was, a, was a caddy at one point in an all-white uh, club um, that, and knew nothing about golf and uh, had to move, pick up and move his family because of racism. And, and just a, an amazing story. Really and Camp is. Champs seems like such a great kid, man. He, he and I've I've met him. He I've met him at Tony Finau's event briefly. He's a phenomenal kid. I've talked to his dad a bunch. His dad's a great guy. Um, but to to go out there and win it for his grandfather with a lead and having plenty of guys chase him, hold on to it, and go out there and get it done, it was really nice to see. Um, his grandfather taught him how to play, you know. And and I don't know, man. If you just think about like I know Pat, you kind of grew up playing golf, and so just to think about you know. What that would have meant for you, uh, it was pretty special to watch. Um, it was good to see him win it. It was good to see him win. You know, <clears throat> I mean, we've probably made fun of Cam and how he played after he won last year, but the kid is talented. Like, there's no doubt he's talented. He, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope he, I hope he plays. I hope he, I hope he has a long career, and I hope he wins outside of a fall event just because and not that it matters like he can win a fall event all day long and be a rich dude and play on the tour for years but i, I hope that one day he just wins something else so that people will not talk about him like us and say he's the he loves the fall yeah i think i think he will though he's super talented he didn't have the the year everyone thought that he would have um after winning last fall but i don't i don't know if that was um too indicative of what we're going to see in the future of him i think the kid's a stud uh, he really reminds me a lot of Brooks Kepka, just as far as his 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 style of play and everything. Demeanor else. too, yeah. Demeanor, demeanor. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, now I don't think you're going to see Cam Champ taking pictures with his girlfriend on Instagram. In um, have you seen his girl though? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be taking the. I don't care what his girl looks like. I still don't think he's going to be taking those kind of pictures. No. Um, but I think Cam is a uh, is a is. Super talented. Very excited to see where he's going to go. Uh, I was right, by the way. If we go back to the beginning of the year when I talked about someone who might disappoint that everyone was so high on, I was correct. Uh, well, I was, I, also, I was actually right on Neiman, but it took a little late to happen. I also, on that prediction, said that Cam Champ wins again in 2019. So you did actually, you did, yeah, you did. Although this is technically the 2020 season, so too bad for you. But but Sorry, what year of the what year of our Lord are we in right now? The 2019. Tour, the tour says we're in the year of the Lord 2020. <laughs> um. All right. Your perfect lineup last week for DraftKings was Cam Champ, Adam Hadwin, Charles Howell the third, Mark Leishman, who shockingly, man, everybody was talking about how the dude was injured, including us. He was like three percent owned, played really well. Dylan Fratelli, and uh, the guy who thinks he's going to build the Buck Club one day, Zach Blair. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you would have spent $46,600 on DraftKings in that lineup, and it would have scored you 646 points. Also, a guy who I was really big on heading into the Greenbrier, I talked him up. Man, I talked him up on the podcast. I wrote him up in the Chalk Bomb email. I was so excited for him, and he completely trunk slammed and missed the cut on Friday. But I still think he's going to be a stud. Uh, he made his first cut on the PJ Tour this past week, and he possibly spit on Tony Romo's golf ball. Mr. Christopher Ventura, the rookie from the Corn Ferry Finals, uh, who only played nine events and won two of them on the Corn Ferry. The Oklahoma State product, uh, teammates with Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland. 
Tony Romo hit his ball up on the green uh, on his approach shot. A freaking amazing golf shot. And Christopher did not take too kindly to that. And some are saying he spit on the golf ball. It is not clear whether he did so or not. Personally, I hope he did. And I think it's – I love the guy. It, I'm going to double down on all my Christopher Ventura share, uh, shares. I I don't care if he did or not. I think it was stupid. I mean, Awesome. Remo hit a great shot, and if he, did. He, did, if he did spit on it, then – Whatever, I don't know. Maybe, and he probably didn't even know who it was that hit up on him, so it wasn't like he was. I'm sure he didn't think him. it was the quarterback for the Dallas, yeah, former quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, <coughs> although you know that Oklahoma Texas rivalry is pretty, it's pretty thick. Let's get into a new segment tonight, Pat, and wrap up the show. I'm excited about it. Before we do that, BenHoganGolf.com. We've talked about it, Pat. You just played a full round with the Ben Hogan Golf driver not too long ago. You can go to BenHoganGolf.com. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES. Get 20% off the already deeply discounted deeply discounted products because they don't have any retail. No retail stores. You ca- you have to order online. You can only get it online through their website. You get a custom fit for you. You get to pick out the shaft, the grip, all that fun stuff. They, they hand make it right here in the great United States of America in Texas, and they ship it to you. And it's a beautiful golf club. All, of them, all the clubs are beautiful. They have drivers, wedges, fairway woods, hybrids, driving irons, irons, wedges, putters, all that stuff. Uh, they all look amazing, and uh, you get them at a much lower price. And you get an additional 10% off if you use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you check out. And you make us look good. You make us look like we're important. And, uh, yeah. So, Pat, you played with the Ben Hogan driver this past week. How'd, how'd you do? Oh, I, I loved it. I hit it very well. Um, actually, I have a... a, a a pretty good tailor-made driver, and I would say it, it may have gone further. Um, what you need? I need some distance. Most but, amateurs need distance. But it was just—it wasn't just the distance. It had a good, solid feel to it. I mean, it's a good. It, it yeah. You know, if you're like me, you can be a little bit OCD as far as how things look. It looks really good when you're setting up to it. It's just a sweet-looking driver. It's got the uh, what do they call it? The super slot. The or the the Whatever, I can't remember what it is. But speed it's slot. Speed slot. Speed slot. Um, it's a great driver. I, I really, I thought it was, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thoroughly. Thoroughly? Thoroughly. <laughs> Do you really say thoroughly? <laughs> uh, thoroughly. Was that on accident or did you mean to say that? I was on accident. It was Tito's, I think. <laughs> anyway, it was a good, it was, it was a good experience. I enjoyed the driver. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it's got a good feel to it. So definitely got to check Ben Hogan out. We're not joking here, folks. We're not just throwing this out here yeah. for any reason. I mean, it, 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 they have some yeah, good, good stuff. stuff. All right, let's get to the new segment. It's time for the putter throw. Woo! Insert cool graphic. All right, um, the putter throw is a new segment where we just get pissed off about something and rant. And if you follow us on social media, if you follow us and you were paying attention today, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram, you probably know what's coming. And that is the topic of saying the words golfing or go golf or any or golfed, golf, ed. Um, and is that acceptable or not? And... Um, I could not be more vehemently against 
saying those words. I think that uh, I think that that is that is that is egregious. I think that no, you never hear a touring professional um, say that uh, I'm going golfing or I've been golfing since I was four years old. You never hear them say, "Oh yeah, when I'm not on tour, I go golf with my friends on the weekends." Uh, you don't you don't hear that you don't it's not in the vernacular in golf culture okay now we can talk about uh, well yeah you don't say ba- I'm going basketballing or I'm going footballing or baseballing or soccering um, but then you have people who go well you can go swimming and running and biking okay. So th- there are not like firm grammar rules on this, but golf is not a verb, and 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 I I I feel like this is one of those swim, run, and bike are probably verbs. verbs. Yeah. Well, but is a, but golf is not a verb. It's not a verb. It's a noun, right? Baseball is not a verb. Right. Basketball is not a verb. Right. So, you can say, I, you know, in that same scenario, uh, I go play golf. The verb is play. I go play golf on the weekends. Or would you like to go, not golfing, but I, would you like to go play golf? Right? You can say that. That is perfectly fine. But I am tired of the, the people that are that are jacking this up and it is annoying to me and now you have people online who are making it their mission to work this in and let it infiltrate and say no it's okay it's okay to say golfing it's okay to say uh uh go golf and i am part of the outrage culture that says hell no bucko pump the brakes this is a freaking century old centuries old sport we're gonna say what you're supposed to say uh, we are an irreverent podcast here. I, we want to be irreverent. We've wanted to be irreverent since 2015. I hate that I have to tuck in my shirt at Pat's former club that he grew up in, Augusta Country Club, which is full of a bunch of stiffs. And I love listening to music on the golf course. And I, and I, I love it. But I am not going to tolerate ignorant people who barely know anything about golf or just got into it when it was cool and want to say golfing like an idiot, or go golf. It just pisses me off. I got heated today, and I, 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 I polled some, some tour pros and caddies that we know, and most of them responded. I'm still waiting on probably two caddies and three tour pros. But eight out of nine tour pros, PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, and actually one senior Champions Tour, player who's won on the champion store all responded eight of nine responded hell no we don't say golfing or go golf only one pro said that it was acceptable i will not name that pro but only one said it was acceptable (laughs) of the caddies that responded we had four caddies respond only one said that they use golfing and go golf only one and his pro was one that said, F no, I don't say those things. 
I still don't understand if that. I don't know if the ones that actually said that actually that said they say go golfing really understood the question. Because I, I, I had I'm, to clarify. I'm so no, flabbergasted no, I, I by the fact that they said that was what they said. Yeah, I, I I had to clarify on one. I was like, okay, so you mean you would say this statement? And he was like, oh no, I would say I go play golf. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not go. You don't insert the verb. You literally use golf and make it a verb. And he's like, oh, no, I would never do that. Yeah. Josh just, Kistler just said, I go yachting on the reg. <laughs> I go yachting. On a, well, I mean, <coughs> golf is so, God, so many things trigger people in golf, though. So I, I just don't know. If, I don't know if I would say it bothers me as much as it bothers you. It bothers I, me, man. But I do... I don't Which is crazy it. that it bothers me more than you. I don't say That's it. That's really though. crazy. I, like I say, like I'm going to play golf. Um, I'm going to take my sons. We're going to go play golf. We're going to do this. We're, we don't. I don't say I'm going golfing. I just. God, I just I've never that. said that. <sighs> if my son said, "Let's go golfing," oh, yeah, it, it just, I, I just. And I'm not a grammar police guy. Like, I don't care about the grammar police. It's not, the grammar is not even, the fact that it's not a verb is just, is just a very small piece of it for me. For me, it is that it is not a, it is, if you are, if you are truly in the culture of golf and not just, you know, a consumer, but also you play and you play with other golfers, not your dumb buddies that don't play either. But you play with other golfers. It is not a. It is not in the vernacular. It's just not. Yeah. It's an unwritten rule that you just don't. It, you don't say it. You don't talk about it that way. You sound like someone who doesn't know what they're talking about and doesn't do it. So if you're new to the game, hey man, like it's a. There's a lot of things that we need to eradicate golf, the, the game of golf of, and a lot of it is the prim and proper, you know. BS, but one thing that I don't want you, if you're new to the game, to get suckered into is saying golfing or let's go golf because you will sound like an idiot to people who have played golf for more than a year in their life. I agree. You will never hear a tour pro say that on TV. You just won't. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to the source. I'm going to go to the tour pros and the caddies. What do you say? What do you not say? And I'm talking, if if I could tell you how... Of the eight guys, tour pros, who said no, I would never say that, like five of them the answer was either like a hell no, a fuck no, a god no. Like it was like an emphatic no. Like most of them. It's just you can't do it. And I'm just sick of these people trying to make it a thing that's acceptable. I'm in the outrage culture. I'm getting PC here. This is the putter throw. It's my chance. Do you have anything to add to that, Pat? No, Your hair I mean- looks terrible. Sorry, I just I just think that it is what it is. It's the golfing world. We got a lot of people out there that have crazy opinions. Maybe we could hold it over the one guy's head, the one pro's head. That we got some people that wanna that wanna take him down on the streets of Twitter, and we could out him unless he does something for us. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares all that much, but we could do that. But I I would say that uh, he's in a major minority, for sure. 
people that actually. Well, uh, clearly you're checking out. Even Steve on on YouTube said uh, David's veins popping out of his neck and Pat's yawning. <laughs> 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 All right. See, this is. Hey, look. If you guys think Pat's, you know, at a at a certain spot right now, in about thirty minutes, we're gonna. St- Start recording the DK live uh, TJ After Dark show. So I'm telling you, it's it's gonna be. I gotta lit. go get my pen so I can write down some stuff. You look like you this. have a top knot. Is what's going on on top of your face? <laughs> they want to know what Kiz said. The, the people on YouTube, listen, Kiz was an emphatic. I'm no. pretty sure. Yeah, we can we could go ahead and say that. Kiz was an emphatic no, despite his love affair with the stool. The foreplay stool boys who have who a would say that now. they would say that they do now, say that. Now, if you want to get me fired up, you can you can uh, start bringing that up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, no. Kiz was an emphatic no. Um, yeah. So Josh says bad grammar and small ice bags are tour junkies' biggest pet peeves. First world problems. One hundred. One hundred. All right. Let's tell me how to put uh, the damn ice bag on the on the bucket. That's all I want to know. <laughs> Put it around. It's too small. Did, did you go to the haircut place last time and say, hey, can you thin my hair out as much as humanly possible uh, and, and then give me a little trim? Did you did you say that? Or is that just naturally thinning? Because you are on the way to looking like Cameron Percy. <laughs> okay, Pat's, uh, Pat's no longer with us, I guess. Um, my boy says, it looks like a troll... You put on top of a pencil top. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Major screens be green. See ya.